Well, my dad was a person that, um, he was an alcoholic. He was really big on being a powerful man. And he had two different sides of him. He had a side that once we left our house, so our house was the dungeon. No one knew what, no one knew anything about what, you know, about the inside of that house. The inside of that house was, was horrible. It was evil, it, you know, like the evil monster came out to play. Wow. But once he left that house, he was the nicest person on the planet. So no one knew, you know, who this guy was. So um, the scarring started happening inside the dungeon. And my dad didn't really believe in us going to school. He had a family business, and the family business was a skating rink and also a bar. So my dad owned, the, it was called the Vermilion Room was the bar, and the skating rink was called Skateland. So from the time I was able to walk, I was working that, 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 that I'm skating rink. And I worked it from like 9 o'clock at night until like 12 o'clock in, you know, in the morning pretty much. That's what we did. You know, I'm, three, I mean, I'm four years old, scraping gum off the, off the skating rink floor, doing stuff like that. Me and my brother and my mom. Once the skating rink was shut down, the bar would open up. The bar would be open from like midnight to like 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. Once that closed down... We go upstairs and clean the bar. So by the time you work like this, you know, I'm a young kid. It's time to go to school. So most of the time we didn't go to school. So we missed school a lot, but thank God for me, I didn't like school anyway, with a learning <laughs> disability, with a stutter. You know, I had white splotches all over my skin from being stressed out, um, hair, you know, passive hair falling out at a young age. And once my dad got drunk, that's when the nightmare began. And you know, he'd get drunk, he'd get violent, and uh, we got beatings quite regularly, you know, probably at least once or twice a week. And, and the beatings weren't like, hey, I'm going to give you a whipping because you did something wrong. It was like, hey, I don't feel good today. And you get beat for that. And my mom got a lot of the beatings and it would just trickle down to me and my brother. So that, that foundation of life that I didn't have, that's how it started off for me. And it's progressively got worse. So when you have a horrible foundation, it's like building a house on a fucked up foundation. This is what you're going to get. You know, any kind of uh, earthquake or something happened, the house is going to go down. Sometimes, you know, it doesn't even take an earthquake. It takes a little windstorm. So that was me. I was just a little windstorm away from breaking yeah. all the time. A windstorm away from breaking. But no one knew it. I walked around like I was a pillar of strength at a young age. But that internal conversation you're having back here is this weak little kid, very afraid. And um, I think that's what makes the book very powerful because I take you there. Yes. I take you to that spot of, you know, I'm superhuman now, so you think. But a lot of people have a lot of problems that they can't overcome. Absolutely, man. And that's, I definitely felt when you were diving into that, that I was reliving it with you. Right. And I think you do that so powerfully in the book because... It's hard for people who haven't had the same experience to envision it. Right. But you made that possible. But the other thing that you do is I think you're highlighting something that is so huge for us that I genuinely feel that so many of today's challenges that we all face as adults right. are because of our childhood. When did you realize that your childhood was something that needed healing, that needed transforming as an adult? When did that come when you were like, I need to go back there to transform, to, to change my experience? It happened when I could never get over the hump. I kept on feeling like I was getting over the hump. And then one little windstorm, small little windstorm would come by and push me back to scratch. I was like, why? Why am I not, you know, I'm, 
you know, I'm learning how to read now. You know, I was a junior in high school and couldn't read that well, a fourth grade reading level, because I would, I would cheat on everything. And I learned how to read. I learned how to write. I taught myself all these things, all these disciplines. But whenever the first real big challenge would come, that little windstorm would push me back in the hole. And I realized, man, I'm not, I'm fixing stuff on a surface level. I'm all surface, man. I'm not going deep into the cellar of my mind and fixing the foundation of my soul. My soul is broken. Mm. And, but, you know, I knew I could fix it, but I was afraid to go back. I was afraid to face the demons of my life, you know, because you start lying. You want anybody knowing this shit about you. So, so you start lying about who you're not and start creating a person about who you want to be, but it's not who you are. So that's when I started realizing, man, I'm never going to get over the hurdle. I'm always going to live on a surface level until I go deep, deep into the sewer of my mind to figure out and face all of these different demons. That's hard. It's hard. We all like social media. We all like everybody to see us for who we want to be. That's why we post beautiful things about us. That's not, that's not going to fix you. So I realized that, and that's when I started going back. So I was, about, um, I was about 24 years old, and I went from 175 to almost 300 pounds. And um, that's when I sat down on my couch and realized, <laughs> we got to go back. And it started with me going back to my father. So we, we left when I was eight years old. We went to a small town in Brazil, Indiana. There's about five to ten black families in a town of 8,000 to 10,000 people. And um, there was a big hub of Klansmen that lived in Centerpoint, Indiana. And I, and I talk about that in the book. So the Klan marched in the 4th of July parade in 1995 in Indiana. So when you come from a messed up foundation like I did in Buffalo, New York, where my dad beat me senseless, and now I have that messed up foundation, and now I'm here being the only black person. I call it the only in my book, being the only black person. My mom's working three jobs. We're living in a $7 a month place. She's never at home. So it's not like I had some mentors coming in to help me. You know, they're trying to put me in these different group places for like having some shrink talk to me and these eight, nine kids and one kid sitting his house on fire. Another kid's peeing in the trash can. Another kid had a helmet on, banging his head up against the wall. And I'm looking at this at eight years old. You know, and, I, and, I, and I'm going to get back to your question that you asked me, but these are the things I had to go back and relive. You know, I'm 24 years old now, and I have to go back to all these things that no one knew about me in this group place where I'm in this place where these people are crazy, and they think I'm crazy. And I'm looking at them thinking, I'm not crazy. You just don't know where I come from. I came from a place that truly damaged my mind, damaged my soul, and now I have to go back on my own to face this shit. Mm. So, you know... At 24 years old, I sat there a lot of times. It was like one day I woke up and said, I got to face this. This haunting fucking voice in my head kept on saying, man, we got to go back. The only way we can go forward is to go all the way back. And that's very scary to do for everybody. Yeah. But the only way you're going to fix yourself is to go all the way back to the beginning, to your childhood, because that's where everything starts. And that's what's blocking most of us. All of us. Yeah. All of us. Everybody thinks it's... My God, like my marriage is messed up. This is messed up. You have to go back to fix all your problems. It all starts from the root, man. The root, yeah. The yeah, root. I was just about to say, we have to go back to the root because otherwise we're just dealing with the symptoms. That's it. Yeah. yeah and, 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 and you cannot fix anything by giving it Moltrin. You, got, you, you have a jacked up knee, 
The swelling may go down, but it's still jacked up in there. You got to get it fixed. You got to fix the knee. All those pills do, so you know, pretty much is just let the swelling go down. And you can live a little longer, but you're not fixing the problem. Mm. You're not fixing the problem. And I guess the most people don't go back, or all of us, like you said, we don't go back because we don't know how. Right. Like, right? Like right. most people don't know how. Like how do you start? How do you go back? And like you and I love that example that we start thinking the issue is our marriage or our relationship right now or right. our job or our career. And I, I totally agree with you that we need to go back, but we don't know how. Right. Now you start talking about in the book some ways in which we can start. How? Right. Can you tell us about some of those? So one big thing is the accountability mirror. Mm, you have that. to start with yourself. So what happened in, in my life was we start to get, I call it like the rucksack. A rucksack is a pack that you carry in the military and you put all your stuff in it. Your radios, your food, your water, all that stuff you have to carry in the military. That's your rucksack. It's a backpack pretty much. As you're growing up, we all have a backpack. Most of ours, hopefully, is empty, you know, and what we put in it is all the crap we go through in life. That's what is in the backpack for the civilians, and we carry it around with us. So what you have to start doing is realizing that no matter where you're at in life, I got called nigger a lot. My dad abused me, you know, learning disability, stutters, immaturity, insecurities, self-doubt, so much crap on top of me, so much stuff. I lied a lot to create friends so people so much stuff was in my backpack no one's coming back to help me so it starts with that person in that mirror you have to realize you are on your own now and whatever else you believe in i don't care what you believe in but on earth it's a very lonely journey and it starts with the accountability mirror of looking at saying hey my daddy beat the hell out of me he's not coming back all these things are coming back i have to face myself and you have to own all those things that people may have done to you. Now it's yours. You got to own it. And it's yours now to fix the problems that people did to you. It makes no sense. It's not fair. I get it. But if you live in that what was me mentality of guess what? My dad did this to me. My mom did this to me. People who bullied did this to me. You're going to always live right there. You have to figure out ways to move forward because you're not coming back. It starts with the mirror. And I call it the accountability mirror in the book. Yeah, I know. I love that. I love that. I'm glad, I'm glad you brought it up. I, anyone who's watching, listening to this right now, I really want you to take this seriously because this is like what, what you're talking about, what David's talking about here is exactly why all of our suffering and pain that we're currently experiencing feels so tough and hard because unknowingly or knowingly, we are choosing to be stuck here. Right. Right? Exactly. Unknowingly or knowingly, whatever situation you're in, you're choosing to stay stuck because we don't want to go and unpeel and uncover. That's right. You don't want to break open that, that callus, that, that scar in your mind. You don't want to break, you know, you have to break it open, let that blood flow. You have to let blood flow in your brain. You have to let all that stuff flow out. All that toxic stuff that you have trapped in there has to start flowing out now. So, like you said, you, you, are, you are doing this to yourself. Yes, people may have helped you get there, but it's now on you. That's a painful truth, though. It's a painful truth. Painful truth. Like all those people in high school and everything else, they don't know how you're going to end up. So you got to make sure that you constantly are rewriting your book. You have to constantly rewrite your book every day of your life. Mm. You know, and that, these aren't just words I say. This is how I have to live. Like, these are conversations I have with myself. And I say it everywhere I go. 
the most important conversation when you have with yourself. Yes. You live with it every single day. But most of our conversations are not the right ones. They're not the ones that are going to push us to the place we need to go. They're the ones that are going to keep us sitting in that toxic environment that you've helped create and everybody else helped create. And you just live in it. You live in that muck. And that conversation just plays in your head. And that becomes you. Mm. Decode some of that conversation that you started with yourself. Like, how, do, how does someone listening start that conversation with themselves? And, and what are the general transitions that you need to start seeing? So my first conversation when I was absolutely nobody, and that's one thing you have to say. We live in a world now that's so kind. We, we find the kind way around everything. Like, if you don't look good, I have to find a kind way of saying, I don't like your shirt. Right. That's not the approach. If that's the approach you're looking for, that book is not for you. Mm. Can't hurt me is not for you. The approach you have to take, at least I took, you take whatever approach you want. The conversation had to be a real honest conversation in the accountability mirror. Guess what? I was fat. Don't find a kind word to say that, you know what? I've gained some weight. No, you're fat. When I couldn't read, not like, hey, you know, you have a learning disability. No, I cannot read. At a fourth grade reading level, I'm struggling. And sometimes I call myself stupid. Not in a way to put myself down. So don't take it like, my God, those are so hurtful. Yeah, they're hurtful. This honest. The conversation has to become an honest conversation of where you're at mentally. Where am I at mentally? I look like shit. I feel like shit. I'm not this, I'm, I'm falling behind in school. I'm lazy. My house is a mess. You have to look at what it is and call it what it is. Don't find words to make yourself feel better because that's what, so we hang around people that make us feel better, that tell us what we want to hear, not what we need to hear. And so we stay away from those people and we stay away from those people. Like our internal dialogue becomes that kind. It's okay. It's not okay. So that's where it starts. It starts with that accountability of it's not okay anymore. This can no longer be okay. And calling yourself out for exactly what you are and exactly how you need to fix it. That's where it starts. I love that. I love that. I, I think that's awesome. I, I, I think you're so right that so many of our conversations with others are politically correct. Exactly. Therefore, our conversations with ourselves politically correct and then we continue to feed the illusion that's right right we continue to feed it nothing gets solved by that man nothing mm. and if you look at america right now and i won't get off on this nothing is getting solved because we have there's so much racism there's so many there's so many things and that's just one of them we can't talk about anything we are skirting all these conversations because if i say this i'm going to offend a black person or a white person or a jewish person or or a gay or lesbian person we skirt around the daggone problem. So we can't fix shit. Everything is like, well, if I say this on TV, I'm going to lose my damn job. We have to say it. We have to break the barriers within our minds, within the world. And it starts with yourself. Mm. It starts with yourself. You got to break the barriers down within yourself and, and just go there. You got to go to yourself. Absolutely. That was the honest conversation you had then. What's an honest conversation you've been having with yourself this year? Like what's, what, because like you said, and I completely agree with you, it's a constant cycle, it's right. repetition. We have to keep doing it. So I talk about the repetition in my book a lot. Yeah. Got to get the reps in. So now my conversation is this. I never set out to write a book. 
when I was in the dungeon and no one was coming back to help me, I just wanted that reflection in that accountability mirror that I hated so badly to be something that gave me pride, to be something that made me feel. It wasn't about, it's not about money. It's not about success. It's not about people. Oh my God, that's David Goggins. Sign my book. No. When I started this journey out years ago, it's about, I just want to learn to read. So now I'm at a place wow. now where I see the possibilities of the human, of human potential. What are we capable of is the conversation now. The conversation now is how can I now talk to people in a way they can understand the message that I have for so many people, for so many people. So that's the, that's the new conversation now is that I, you are constantly evolving. You never stay, either you're getting better or you're getting worse, not staying the same. Mm. So for me, I have to constantly be getting better. I have to constantly be evolving my message. So I'm constantly thinking in the quietness of my mind. That's, that's a key point too. The world is so fast-paced. The world is so noisy. So my conversation now a lot of times is, my God, slow down. Mm-hmm. The world can take you here, here, be here, be there, be everywhere. And I lose myself sometimes. So I catch myself in the airport. I catch myself in the plane where I'm writing stuff down. Okay, remember this, remember that. And I'm going, hey, hang on a second, Goggins. What, what got you here? This isn't what got you here. Slow the fuck down. Go back to the quiet place of that dirty mirror in that $7 a month place you used to live in. That's where you grew. You, so, I, so that's what I'm, I'm constantly reminding myself of go back to your roots. And I'm not saying go back to hell. I'm saying don't forget where you come from as you start to explode out of the gate when you become someone. My conversation is do not forget your roots. Do not forget your roots. Don't let this become so big that you lose yourself amongst the noise. Go back to the quietness of what made you successful. That's the conversation now. It's a constant reminder of that.